So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. All right, Rockstar Nation, I have a great guest coming from Independence, Kansas, and she is making things happen and crushing it, and uh, I'm excited to have her on the show. So without further ado, Jessica Hensley, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Thank you for having me. Hey, Jessica, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself so they get to know you better? Okay. So I'm a real estate agent. I've been in business for 15 years and about four years ago decided to open my own company. So that, it was kind of funny. Um, 2014, I guess, was when I decided to do it. I had been a pretty amateur, mediocre agent, very, very inconsistent and um, really just didn't have consistent production at all. I think 2014, I closed uh, only like 250,000 in volume. I mean, basically nothing. And the next year, I'm like, my, my broker actually passed away, which is why I decided to open my own company because I didn't like my choices around here. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get my broker's license and I'll open my own company. Mind you, only having sold 250,000 in 2014. I mean, I was crazy. You know, why would you want to open your own company? Wait, wait, wait. Let me get this straight. So your first, <laughs> your first year in the business was what year? My first year was 2003. And I had, I mean, I think before I opened my own business or own company in 2015, my biggest year was probably 2.5 million. Okay. Um, and so I was up and down and I want everyone to keep in mind, you know, my area average sales price is 75,000. So, I mean, okay. it's, you know, we're not talking like Beverly Hills, at, you know, 5 million per yeah, house. Yeah. So, so you still sold 30 houses roughly or something like that. Yeah. I mean, in a good year, but it was very inconsistent. Okay. So I made a mental shift, decided to open my own business in 2015 and became the number one in our MLS. So um, let's, let me, let me ask you something on that, if you don't mind. So, okay. So you, first of all, your broker died. What was that unexpected or? Yeah. Yeah. He had pancreatic cancer and by the time he was diagnosed to the time he passed was two weeks. So yeah, very unexpected. And how many agents were there? I think we only had like three or four agents. Um, it was a pretty small company. And so there was no, there was there nobody there, no one there that would want to keep it running. You guys all just dispersed. Yeah, I mean, I would have kept it running, but I didn't have my broker's license at the time. And so we had to close. There wasn't really an option. Um, I made my license somewhere, and I let her know at the time, I'm going to open my own company. This is just temporary. And actually, it took me six months from that time to open in January, and I still didn't have my broker's license because I, they didn't, I didn't have enough transactions to have enough points to get my broker's license. And um, I just said, well, you know what? I'll just hire a broker. <laughs> so I hired a broker in January and I was the owner of the company. And like I said, that year I was the number one real estate agent in our area, number one in sales with about six and a half million just myself. And I got my broker's license in June of 2015. 
That's that's. I love your attitude, right? So, first of all, why did you open your own company? Why didn't you just go work for somebody else? I just didn't like my options. I didn't feel like they really embodied my beliefs, you know, and ethics. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of options really around here. So, um, I don't know. I really don't know. I, I think I was just kind of crazy. I, it just happened, you know. My husband and I said, you know, let's just open our own office. And we did it. Good. I shouldn't Good. have. I would not advise well, where'd someone. You find a, where, where'd you find a broker? Just a random broker? Like- well, the company that I took my broker class through, that, in, that owner, she connected me with someone who was willing to be my broker. Can you um, be so a broker I, of multiple companies? In Kansas, you can. Okay. So he was a broker and he could say, well, you'd be my broker. And it's for yeah, I gave him 10%. Yeah, I gave him 10% until, yeah, June, and then I got my own license. Yeah, good deal for him. He didn't have to do anything, really. Sign some paperwork, right? Exactly, yeah. So I, I just feel like I was a little bit crazy to do it, but it worked out. And I think it was just a mental shift of total buy-in. I'm the owner. This is going to work no matter what. Okay. And uh, so where are you now? Like uh, last 12 months, how many houses did you sell? Uh, last 12 months, I did the, the math. We sold 189 and we're on track to sell 220. That's what I had put in my bio. Okay. Yeah. So you'll sell 220 houses this year. Now, is that you, your team, your brokerage? How do you come up with that? Okay. So a little more information. I, that's my company. So in April, I decided to merge my company with Keller Williams. So now it's not a, I'm not a brokerage, I'm a team. So right. that's my team, my team numbers. Okay. So that's your team number. So you kind of kept it before you were like a team of Ridge. Now you're a team. Did you stay? Did, and you stayed in your office space? Like, so, yeah. okay. Yeah. So the, the market center that we joined is two and a half hours from us. So I'm a mega wow. agent. Office. Yeah. So I, it's nothing changed here. Like I'm still the managing broker. We just now have KW behind us and, you know, the profit share and all that. And there's lots of reasons, but. Right. Okay. So you're tapped into an office and, it, and this is how it is out that way, right? I mean, two mm-hmm. and a half hours, right, to the nearest Keller Williams office. And uh, you could just tie into the mothership and get all the benefits from the mothership. But you're way out there with just your little teamerage. Well, and the support, you know, I had to keep uh, coming back to what's my one thing and being a broker and doing the compliance, that was not my one thing. And so that's, that's the other reason I, I kind of, I wanted to latch on to some support because being a boutique, you know, brokerage, it sounds really awesome, but there's a lot of pressure, you know, when it's just all on you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then, um, all right, 220 houses you'll do this year. You did 189 last year or the last 12 months. What is your, for your team now, right? What is your ECI, your ego commission income now? Gross commission income? Yeah, gross commission income. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) No, most people call it GCI. We call it on the show ECI because uh, what really counts is your profit, but go ahead. (laughs) I'm with you. Okay. Uh, well, for the last 12 months, it's just over half a million, five, 508. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. And about of that, you know, my personal business was 222,000. That's my commissions. 
So, I mean, we are a team, but I did break it down also further with my. That's great. And so at the end of the day, after you paid your team, after you paid all your expenses, after you paid Keller Williams, what are you left with? What's your profit margin? If I'm doing this correctly. And you're not taking out, but don't take out your commissions though, because. Don't take out my commissions. Okay. That changes it a little bit. See, don't take out my commissions. See, I had thought that my profit, if I take out my commissions, like I'm paying myself, yeah. uh, you're about 16% profit. So that's that's with me taking my commissions out. So you got another 222 that was your commissions, right? Right. So you made 16% on 508. So let's say you made about 75000 off the team, and then you made about 222 right? So you uh, basically 300 grand right so yeah. you're at about 60 percent which is really good you know for how big is yeah. your team like how what's your team look like well we're growing every day so i mean i'm gonna have a team of 13 uh probably mm-hmm. by the time this podcast is is uh aired but you know that the numbers that are reflected here are probably more of seven seven people actually contributing and then, and then uh, are they admin? Are they agents? What's that look like? So our org chart is I have an admin. So she does everything, transaction coordinating, listing coordinating, database, all of that. Um, we have one ISA, and then he also is like a runner, you know, puts up signs, lock boxes, that kind of thing. And then I have one dedicated buyer's agent just for my business because I don't no, I don't work with buyers I work with sellers, but the rest of the off the rest of the team I would consider I call them like independent agents they can do yeah that. right because yeah. you used to have the brokerage now they're your team. What about well let's uh, let's talk about a couple things. Okay, so first of all, um, I want to talk about the agent that only works your SOI. Now Carrie Shaw has the same thing where she has one agent does nothing but work. SOI for her, mm-hmm. right? And uh, this is, a, you know, obviously has to be a high quality person, probably your best agent that you're going to get. What, tell me about this person. What do you pay them? Uh, what systems do you have in place? How does that work if I want to do that myself? Well, I had it set up a couple different ways because last year, what's reflected in these numbers, I had one person that was my partner. And yeah, definitely best agent. We basically split everything. Um, so she got paid on anything I did. I got paid on anything she did. Uh, I changed that up a little bit. So now, like I said, I have a dedicated buyer's agent, and then I work my own listings. So she, it's a 50-50 split is how so we do that. So you give her half, basically. Mm-hmm. You give her half, and, and yeah. then she runs with it, right? And, yeah, then- and she has access now to the transaction coordinator and then just our database. And like I said, she gets all my – anybody who calls me that wants to see a house, I'm, I'm sending it to her. Hey, rock stars, are you worried that your next set of leads will be a total waste of time and money? Or maybe that those missed calls and texts are turning potential clients into missed opportunities? You should be because these are two huge problems that will absolutely ruin a real estate business's profitability. Fortunately, Rebus CTO Austin Altman and I have come up with a solution. Rebus Complete, and it's got everything you need to maximize conversion, commissions, and profitability. Guys, this is the total package. When you sign up, not only 
are you getting the best training in the industry every single course we offer you're getting high quality exclusive leads and access to the most advanced follow-up systems on the market i've got austin on the line now to talk about what rebus complete has to offer hey austin why don't you start by telling our listeners about the leads we send our members sure well like you said pat these are high quality they're not just people who are passively interested in real estate they are people who are actively looking to buy and or sell in our members market right now also every single lead we send is 100 percent exclusive we aren't sending the same leads out to hundreds or even thousands of agents like most lead distributors when an agent gets a lead from our program, it's theirs and theirs alone. Wow, and these leads are integrated into our automated follow-up system, right? That's absolutely right. All of our leads are managed by the system's state-of-the-art AI. And what's awesome about that is the fact that it not only makes extremely fast contact with incoming leads, but it can also be configured to book appointments based on agents' availability automatically. It's a foolproof system no more missed contacts, and no more missed opportunities. Wow, that's kind of cool. Actually, it's quite incredible. Uh, guys, like the experts say, it takes speed to lead to succeed. If you're not able to respond to a lead within five minutes, you might as well forget about it. Yeah, it really is the answer to the follow-up problem that causes agents to lose potential business. And it's not just great for the hot leads we're sending to our members. The system also nurtures leads that aren't ready to take action today. It does everything from emails to text to ringless voicemails, even physical postcards. The system makes sure that whenever a lead is ready to buy or sell a home, our members are the agent that they think about first. <laughs> Man, I wish I had that when I was selling real estate. All right, Austin, this is great. Why don't you just tell our listeners how they can get more information on Rebus Complete? Sure. Either they text Rebus, R-E-B-U-S, to 444-999, or they can go directly to hybendigital.com slash Rebus. The page has more information on the program. In fact, it's got a video really going into a little bit of detail about what the program has to offer. And it also includes a form that agents can complete to book a complimentary discovery call. Oh, and if you're interested in becoming a Rebus Complete member, you're going to want to act fast. Before I forget, I wanted to mention that we assign slots on a zip code basis so that we can ensure that leads are exclusive. Unfortunately, that means once a slot for a zip code is full, we're not able to take on any new members in that area. Guys, you don't want to miss out on this. Pause the podcast and go to hybendigital.com slash Rebus. That's hybendigital.com slash R-E-B-U-S or simply text R-E-B-U-S, Rebus, to 444-999. That's Rebus to 444-999. Hey, and if you're enrolled in any Rebus course, don't forget to mention that during your complimentary call, what we're going to do for current customers is waive the entire membership setup fee. This is a game changer, guys, and I guarantee that you're going to regret it if you miss your chance to join. Pause the podcast and go to hybendigital.com slash Rebus or just text the word Rebus, R-E-B-U-S, to 444-999. That's Rebus to 444-999 now.
let's talk about your business. Where's your business come from? So I would say, you know, you on your questionnaire, you know, that you had us prepare for. Yeah. You said outside of SOI because I would say. Well, because everyone has SOI. So if I ask people, yeah. <laughs> you know, what's your number one source of business? Probably 70% of them are going to say SOI. Yeah. So we want to kind of, and, and, and I think it's kind of a cliche, right? People will stop listening to the show if it becomes like all about SOI. So, so we look for like new and different things, but you can say SOI, you can tell me, you know, this is, this is how much you get from SOI, but then also tell me what, where, where else it comes from. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, data, database and referrals are a big thing, but if outside of that, I would say Facebook is really where we get a lot of our business. Um, I mean, I can attribute so many closings as a direct result of Facebook. So tell me what you do that we can learn from. Okay, well, number one, I'm consistent. And that's huge. You know, if a real estate agent needs to realize that if they want to just post every once in a while, that's not going to make a difference and they're not going to get calls. So you, first of all, you have to be consistent in your posting. Um, and then the other thing I do is I'm not afraid to go live and to be on video. And I do feel like that is a huge thing. It just keeps me in front of everyone. Um, so I do, I always do a Facebook Live for new listings. Um, we do tips for a long, for about last year, the entire year, every week, I spotlighted a business. Um, we went, went live at a business. So I mean, we we're, there's strategy behind our lives. So how often would you say you're live or on a video in someone's, on someone's computer? Like, is it at, at least once a week. If I had to give someone advice that was looking for more business, I would say the secret sauce, especially right now with the algorithms on Facebook, is to post four times a day on your business page, which you can schedule out, by the way. I mean, that sounds really daunting, but take two hours and just schedule your whole week or your whole month. So the more yeah. you post and the more you're live, the more they push you. Go live twice a week, I would say, minimum. Exactly. Yeah. The, well, the, the thing is, Facebook likes predictability. They want to understand your business, you know. So if you're just every once in a while posting, they're not going to even know who to push it out to. They're not going to know who would enjoy seeing your content because they're looking at who's engaging with your content, and then they'll show it to who they think would appreciate it. That's interesting. And, and I like how you say I'm not afraid to because I think it really does boil down to that, doesn't it? That a lot of people don't go live and they don't post videos because they, don't know, they, they have these privacy fears or a, a fear of being deemed obnoxious or whatever the internal fears are. It really is a fear, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we can talk ourselves out of it all day long. I mean, I've heard a million excuses. Well, everyone else is doing it or I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way I sound. I don't know what I'm going to say. I mean, you can talk yourself out of it. But the, the truth is, what, what's gonna outweigh, what is going to outweigh for you? Is that going to be your dream, your goal? Is that going to be more important than your fear? You have to decide what, what's your why, and then right. you can overcome that fear. Right. Fascinating. Fascinating. Uh, I love that. I love that. Good stuff. Okay, so uh, what percentage of your business is listings? Okay, so I broke this down because me, myself, I'm different than the rest of my team, right? Okay, so for me personally, the Rainmaker, 72% is listings for my business and 27% is buyers. 
but as a, as a team, as my office, 42% is listings and 58% are buyers. Mm, okay. Yeah. And that's pretty much par for the course. You know, it's for, for newer agents or inexperienced agents, it's so much easier to work buyers and listings. So how did you like train yourself to, to be more listing focused? Uh, I think, you know, when I first started out in 2003, I started out going after for sale by owners. That was my base. And um, I, I don't know. I don't know why I decided to do that. I think that's just what somebody told me I should do one day and I did it and that worked. So I kind of got addicted to it. <laughs> and I know it's more predictable than a buyer. It's, you know, I'm a mom, as we talked about earlier, uh, before we went live, I wanted that leverage piece. And I didn't want to have to run around. So that naturally listings. So, so, okay. So your mom, so how many hours a week do you work? Do you think? I could get by and be successful with working probably 30 hours a week. Okay. So 30 hours a week um, for 300 grand a year net is, is a pretty good uh, job to have. You won't find that in any other industry pretty much unless you own your own business of some sort. So that's, um, I love that. And I think that that would never be able to happen if you worked buyers, right? Correct. Yeah, exactly. And, and it also wouldn't be able to happen if I didn't have a team and I didn't have my admin who's handling a lot of my, you know, 80%. You know, we talked about the 80-20 rule. So I just, I'm, I've been, it's taken a long time, but I've gotten really clear on what is the highest and best use of my time. So um, one of the things you said uh, in your original email to me was, I refuse to work 24-7. So tell me how you refuse to work 24-7. What, what are your time management uh, uh, practices and how can you help others listening? So something that I stopped saying is time management or that I'm managing time because that's impossible. So I can manage myself. So I had to get really good about managing myself. But um, I try to work between when my kid's in school because he's in first grade now. So I try to work between eight and three. And then I have certain days or certain times that I, my husband and I have already worked out where I will work in the evenings. So like Monday nights, I'll work till seven and then sometimes on Saturdays and then maybe a Friday night just kind of depends. So the reason I say that is I so like for somebody listening that is trying to set their calendar up so they can leverage they need to know and have established when they're willing to work. Just like you sent me that Calendly link, right? That when you would do the show, right. we've already, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, exactly. I don't work Mondays or Fridays. So no, no, I'm, I'm, and I've always done, like, I've always had very, very strict uh, schedule. And I, and I think that, that, uh, you know, that's how you are too, right? You have Monday nights till seven. So if someone wants to see you at six o'clock, you're like, well, it has to be a Monday night. Yeah. I mean, if you already have like the preset times when you're willing to work, then you're not letting somebody else dictate your schedule. You're telling them, hey, this is when I'm available instead of what works for you. It's these are my openings, which also makes you seem more professional and, you know, that you're this, there's a scarcity thing. Oh, she's not just available whenever. So that's one thing, you know. Yeah, and it's a more efficient business model too. I mean, like, like I, I, I've been having some tooth surgery done and um, 
I had to go see the oral surgeon a couple of days ago and they were like, uh, it was surgery. And they're like, we don't, you know, we only do surgery at two o'clock. Right. Mm-hmm. So they asked like, can you do 10? Can you do nine? No, no, no. We, uh, every day surgery is at two and that's it. Right. Other, other than that, we have, we do other things. And so I think you got to be like that. You're like, I only do listing appointments on Mondays and Fridays. Exactly. Yeah. Every other profession is the same way. You know, your dentist probably doesn't even like they shut down on Fridays. You can't even, you can't get in to see them. It doesn't matter what's going on. So I feel like if we can operate our business the same way and something else that I do is when I take a listing, I have a conversation with my sellers and explain to them, you know, this is how I operate. I'm going to give you a weekly update. I'll definitely let you know if somebody's wanting to see it before and give you up give you a showing feedback, but otherwise you're going to hear from me every week, Thursday, we have an appointment. I'm going to give you your update. And if you, if we could hold our questions essentially that are not um, emergencies, you know, if there's something important, call me, but if it's, you know, do I need to, what kind of candle do I need to light or whatever, you know, if it's something small, we'll, we'll talk about it in our weekly update. So, and sometimes they don't like it. And then you call them every thursday what how long does that take usually or how long do you so i i ask them how they want to be communicated to uh, most of my sellers are really really easy going and a text is fine so if i can get away with it i'm sending them a weekly text or email there are some that are a little bit more needy i guess i was gonna say high priority but they're all the same priority but some people just have different communication styles so for those people I, we actually have it on our calendar. Okay, every Thursday at one o'clock, we're, we're gonna talk. I'm gonna give you a call. Because my area is probably different than a lot of the rest of the country. We are, we never were in a seller's market. <laughs> you know, we're, we're in a buyer's market. So our listings are on the market average. My listings are average 87 days, which is pretty good for this area. Go ahead. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. That's fascinating, and I, and I think it's important for people to hear this. Now, if you sell a house in 30 days, is, that's braggable, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was talking to some agents yesterday, and they, they were, you know, the expectations in some of these areas has gotten way out of control, right? Where, where you know, if it takes more than a week, they freak out. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I, and I remember back in the 90s, like, I used to send out postcards 
to neighborhoods bragging that I sold a house in 60 days. It would say sold in 60 days, explanation, you know, point. And, exactly. And yeah, this comes back to knowing your market and setting the expectations that's realistic for the seller. And, you know, here I let them know, average is 87 days. So that's why the weekly call or weekly update is important. Number one complaint, at least in this area, is, you know, my agent's not communicating with me enough. So I address that on the front end, but that makes me not on call 24 seven, you know, because if they know when they can expect to hear from me, that's already in my calendar and not getting random texts and calls throughout the week. So, okay. So how many listings do you have right now? 20, um, for a long time. Like that's just me. I guess my entire team were 60, 60 listings, 60 listings mm -hmm. on your team. And so is your team, is everybody doing the same thing on Thursdays? Like, so 60 sellers are contacted one way or another on Thursdays? Our team expectation is that you're contacting your sellers every week. I don't tell them when to do it. You don't, but you're the 20-some that you have are every Thursday. Yeah, I like Thursdays because um, it's before the weekend when buyers might be out looking, and that gives us an opportunity to make a price adjustment if necessary change a picture, change a description, whatever. So that's why I like Thursdays. So at what point do you know it's time for a price reduction? Yeah, for our area, I let them know I'm in a price watch, their listing, and so every 30 days we're going to review the price. You price watch their list. What do you mean by that? I mean, I'm going to reevaluate and make sure that we're um, competitive with that. Home. So you tell them, even though the average time on the market is 87 days, Right, so they could take that and be like, "Oh, shouldn't we wait till day eighty-eight to drop the price?" You tell them, "Hey, every thirty days, we can. We're going to be talking about price." Yeah, I mean, even though average is eighty-seven days, when I go into a listing appointment, I tell them my personal goal is to sell your home in sixty days, have a contract on it in sixty days. So we're trying to beat the average. And that's not, and and also by saying, you know, the average time on the market is eighty-seven days, you're not saying the average time on the market without a price reduction is eighty-seven days. That that could include three or four price reductions, yeah. uh, you know, for most listings. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So I'm price watching at least every thirty days. Sometimes I'll write it in where, um, if we've had ten showings, no offers, we're going to do a price reduction. I mean, there's lots of different strategies that you can you can use. What's, a, what's your favorite? What's your favorite, um, you know, script or strategy you use for getting a price reduction? Well, um, I think I, my, my go-to is, you know, hey, your home has been on the market for 30 days. Um, I go to, hey, your home's been on the market for 30 days. Here are the homes that are our current competition. This is what's gone under contract. And then we just kind of basically like we were at the very beginning in the listing. Well, which home do you think is the best value? How do you think we can position your home so that we can get it sold? And just going over the facts, they can arrive at that conclusion themselves. Most of the time, it's not me twisting their arm. It's them really, oh, okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. We should go ahead and change the price. Yeah, that that's the easiest, right? Just put the kind of put puts the ball in their court, right? And here's here's what your competition is. Send them some pictures. If you're on Zoom or Skype with them, share the screen with them. Show them pictures. Here's a new listing that just came on the market last week. It's priced at the same thing you're priced at, and you know what do you think? How do you think you compare? Right? Go over feedback that says, you know, 
like this house, but liked another one better. That just means, you know, like the house that was priced the same, but offered more better or offered the same, but was priced less better, you know? Right. Well, and since we were in communication the entire month, the conversation, they know it's coming, you know? So uh, it's not too hard really to get a price reduction. I mean, we kind of go into it. Hey, we're going to try at this price. And, I'll, and I am getting properties go under contract within a few weeks. I mean, it just it just depends on the house. So okay, what uh, what about technology? You know, I, I know you're an independent Kansas, but that doesn't mean you're exempt from technology. So that which is a cool part about technology, right? So what what are you uh, what what are you excited about now that uh, you and your team are using? You know, I would not say that we are super techie. Um, I've used Savvy Home Portals. I don't know if you've heard of that. You should definitely- No, tell me about it. Savvy Home Portals. What is you it? You should interview her. Um, her name is Lauren Taylor. She's one of my friends. She's another mom, you know. Yeah, in introduce me. Introduce yeah. me. Yeah. She uh, created this company. I think it's, it was Savvy Home Portals, Savvy House Hunting, something like that. But basically, it's virtual reality. So she has a whole system where you can you can create the 360 video tour upload it to her system you can give your client a login to it so like for your out-of-state buyers um, it's it can be really time-saving and even local buyers you just tell them hey give me your top 10 and then you shoot them a video so you're doing it during the day in your time schedule Hmm. and then they look at it on their time they tell you what their favorite is then you schedule that showing so it's videos of 10, you, you do videos of 10 houses or? Yeah, whatever they said they wanted to see, you know, that's that's something that I'm pretty excited about that we've started to use. And then they can watch them and pick whichever couple they want to look at. Yeah, and I'm primarily, primarily listings myself, so I can do a video tour of my listing and then shoot it over to a prospect without having to inconvenience the buyer or the seller or myself. You know, since my time is limited. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, let's um, let's wrap this up with our flagship question, and that is this: If I were to take you, right, Jessica, and I were to put you on an island, and, and now this is not a deserted island by any means. There's a lot of people there. They're moving around. They're they're buying and selling houses, right? There's commerce, uh, and I were to put nine other agents there, and I were to give everybody six months. And I give everybody a thousand dollars, a laptop, computer, and a cell phone. And whoever sells the most houses in six months gets a million dollars. How would you win that game show? Well, I think that I would probably, I don't know anyone. So I would start with for sale by owners because that's my thing. So I would start with that and as many listings as I could get. Um, I would use the money to get professional pictures and to run Facebook ads and then also do some free advertising on Facebook with videos. Video is just a no-brainer. You get so much more reach and you're able to kind of instantly be known. Can so you, I would can, do that. Can you target people on Facebook that are for sale by owner? You can target addresses. Okay. So if you know, yeah, if you know of that address, you can target the address and it's going to maybe hit the whole street, you know, do a radius. But. Or, or if you're doing for sale by owners, you could also, you know, when you call them or you go visit them, right? Say, look, can I email you some stuff? And then you get their email, then you can target their email. 
they use that email to open up their Facebook account, then you can directly target them for real cheap. And they'll be like, oh, that's weird. You know, Jessica, she just stopped by yesterday and now I see her all over Facebook. Absolutely. Yeah, we loaded our uh, database uh, email list as, and that's one of our audiences on for our Facebook ads. You yeah. could even have a, an assistant take the list of for sale by owners. And if their email is somewhere like in the fisbo.com or or they could just call them and say, hey, we want to email you some stuff. What's your email address? Most of them are going to give you an email. So, And then you could just start targeting them on Facebook. I mean, that's, a, that's actually a good idea. You're double down and right? You're, you, I assume you're calling them first, right? Yeah, that's what I do. I call them. And it, it's kind of a nice script for me. I don't know how everyone else would do it, but... Um, like I called for sale by owners on Monday even, and I'm a Zillow premier agent. So I'm just like, Hey, my, my name is showing up on your listing on Zillow. And they're like, what? <laughs> so that's kind of my icebreaker with them. And then I can get, Oh, that's pretty cool. So wait a minute. So you call them and you say, Hey Frank, um, you know, this is Jessica Hensley. My name happens to be showing up on your listing on Zillow, even though it might not be, but you say that and then they, then they say, what the? Yeah, and, and it really was, but exactly, and I and so I let them know that's the reason for my call. I'm likely to get uh, calls about your home. I wanted to speak with you so I could get more information and so I can speak with knowledge. And then they're, well, what's going on? Why why is that? Tell me more about that. I noticed you have your home for sale on Zillow. My name's actually showing up as one of the agents, and I wanted to ask you more information about your home because I'm probably going to be getting some calls. I want to make sure I know everything there is to know about your home so I can share that with potential buyers. And then they, well, these people, they said, well, what do you mean? Why is it showing up? I don't understand that. So then I can go into the whole explanation of, well, you know, Zillow's a free site and for, for real or for, for sale owners, but realtors pay for zip codes. And I'm one of those because I care about getting buyers. You know, I prospect for buyers daily. Anyway, I, I called seven people on Monday. My first three calls were terrible, but then I got two, the last three calls, I got two appointments that I'm going on today, and those two people happen to be investors. So I'll get some buyers out of the deal, and then I have another appointment next week. And she specifically said, oh, yeah, I have a few other friends that they're not happy with their agent, so I'm going to give them your number. <laughs> so, you know, it works. It's a great shoe-in, right? And then, and then you get their email, easy. And then you bombard them with Facebook ads or what have you and, and keep following up. I mean, it's a great little system there. And I love that. I haven't heard that before. That's a, that, that, that's a nice nugget there. Definitely a pearl. Everybody should be doing that, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and like you said, I guess they could say it even if their name's not on there. Um, it just happened to be that my name was, so. But, you're, but you're, you buy like a certain zip code with yeah. Zillow, so you're a premier agent and just anything in that zip code is going to show up with you. Which for me, I mean, I'm not a big believer in the leads that we get from Zillow and Realtor. I, I cause I have both Zillow and Realtor.com leads. Mm-hmm. They used to be better than they are now, but for me, it's also about branding. You know, that's, that's why I've stuck with it because it's just one other place that people can see my name. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And you just got to build on each little thing. 
I love that. I love that. So let's talk about your free gift. Uh, as you know, everybody that comes on the show brings a free gift, an item of utility that agents listening could uh, implement and use in their business on a daily basis. What, what's your free gift today, Jessica? Well, last year I was asked to co-author a book. And so I'm going to give away the book, a PDF version of it. It's called Lead Generator Die. And there are 10 top agents in the country that share what they do to lead generate and mine is all about facebook my chapter is all about facebook so that's that's our free gift that's awesome lead generator die yes who'd you write that with because um tamika bryant okay yeah i've i've seen that book i love it okay cool so guys i'm going to put this on hybendigital.com backslash jessica hensley and it's h-e-n-s-l-e-y that's hybendigital.com backslash jessica hensley and I'm also going to put it in the agent success toolbox, which you can get on hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or texting the word toolbox to 444-999. Jessica, if I'm ever in Independence, Kansas, I will, or around there, I will definitely uh, look you up. We'll get together and break some bread. Sounds good. Thank you so much for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. If this free content is giving you a ton of value, I want to ask a small favor in return. I need you to pull out your pointing finger and hit the subscribe button. Yes, hit subscribe, please. The more subscribers that we get on Real Estate Rockstars, the better guests are attracted to the shows. We'll get more guests from the top companies, from the top teams, and even more celebrity guests like Robert Kiyosaki and Barbara Corcoran. Also, if you're not a member of our free Facebook group, go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio right on Facebook and join the conversation. I'm on there myself on FaceTime Lives, and we have a lot of communications and questions about the show, and I'd love to see you there. And it's free. People ask me all the time, where am I on social media? I'm real easy to find. Just type in my name. My IG is I am Pat Hyben. It is blowing up on Instagram, adding tons of subscribers. And I'm on there probably twice a day. So definitely follow me on Instagram as well as everywhere else. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.